Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. As we get close to the starting days for camps all over the U.S. and Canada, Scrappy and I thought it'd be fun to have a few conversations before the party really gets started. I'm thrilled to have Jackie Brethel joining me around the campfire tonight. Jackie is in a really interesting situation. She's starting a brand new camp from scratch. Now, as someone who has rebuilt a couple of camps alongside great teams, I'm fascinated about the idea of taking an unoccupied piece of land and turning it into a summer camp with rich traditions, with a vibrant culture, and awesome people. Oh, and yeah, you know, like things like septic systems and electricity and bunks and, you know, a couple more things. Jackie is leading a team who is doing just that at Kippewa Point, a two-week camp for girls in the beautiful woods of Maine. This conversation came out of a longer conversation with multiple camp starters, if you will, at this year's ACA New York, New Jersey Tri-State Conference. I learned a lot, and I wanted to keep that party going. So, without further ado, let's bring in my friend, Jackie Brethel. Jackie Brethel, I'm so happy to have you around the campfire. I am thrilled to be here. Well, thank you for doing this. So this is actually kind of an encore. Um, we did um, a session together, and it was a great idea by you to simply talk about what is it like to build a camp from scratch. And you had this unbelievable collection of just great people and great camps at, at all different time frames. Um, and we did this at the um, American Camp Association Tri-State Conference, which the New York, New Jersey office puts on that actually you put on, uh, <laughs> which congratulations. Great team. Yeah. It was a big team, but how, how just, I know we'll get to everything else, but just very quickly, Describe how much work goes into creating what is the largest summer camp conference that I know of in, in the world. It's kind of hard to quantify. I mean, we have a team of probably about 50 volunteers that work on everything from vendor registration, like recruiting vendors, to um, vetting all the speakers. So every time you go into a session, that person that's up there speaking in front of you has already talked to one of our volunteers at least twice, kind of gone through an interview process to like make sure that the whatever the speaker is is up there speaking about a they're qualified to kind of talk about to the rest of us and also that they deliver it in a way that works for our industry so mm -hmm. there's really it's a it's a a huge army of people led by Jenna and Samara at the ACA New York New Jersey and it's a really um it's really kind of amazing when you think about it that they're all volunteer everybody's a volunteer they just do right. it because they want to push our industry forward yeah and there were 3000 people there more, 30, 3,800. 3,800? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 3,800. Well, it's funny. So we got to bring um, one of our full-time staff members for the first time uh, oh, this great. year. And she loved it. it. The fact that she said, walking around, I don't have to explain what I do. Everyone <laughs> knows what I do. Um, yeah. And to make new friends and to make some yeah. more connections. I mean, it, it totally got her, you know, kind of a little bit of rocket fuel for the summer. Totally. My assistant director was there and he said the same thing. He's like, it makes you feel like this niche industry is not so niche. Like you feel like it's normal. And I thought that was like a really interesting way to say it. He, yeah. He's a, you know, a professor year round and does camp in the summer. And he's like, I didn't have to explain to people what my job was. So right. yeah, it's always oh, it's fun crazy. for me to see it through people's like new people's eyes because, you know, you and I have been attending for years and years. So when somebody new sees it, it's like all shiny and new. It's like a cool experience for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, in the midst of 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 helping to create this experience at TriState <laughs> for the industry, you're also creating a brand new summer camp. So before we get to that, how did you get into camping? And then how did we get to this point for you? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I started the the, the good old fashioned way. <laughs> I was a camper forever um, and kind of never stopped going to camp. So was a camper and a counselor and a head counselor and all that and um, had a teaching degree and was doing the, you know, teaching and during the year and going to camp in the summer, mm-hmm. but kind of always um, was like interested in the year round proposition and kind of poked behind the curtain a little bit and was like asking questions and kind of interested in it. And then um in the winter of 2010, I responded to a year-round jobs at camp posting that Ginger and Steve had at Camp Kippewa for an assistant director. So I sent my resume and talked to them. And before I knew it, I was flying from Florida, where I was living at the time, up to Tri-State to meet them. And that was it. So um, Was that their first year at Kippewa? Uh, it was their third. It was they're third. going into their third summer. So it was pretty, pretty new. Um, and I went there kind of with a this is a summer contract, but there's a there's a full time job in the fall. Maybe it'll be yours. And, um, you know, by July 3rd, they were like, OK, we're yeah. gonna do this. we talk about it in October, in, in August. And I was like, sure. So <laughs> where did you grow up going to camp and working and all that? Yeah, I grew up going to a YMCA camp in the Poconos called, at the time it was called Camp Spears Algebar. It's now called Camp Spears YMCA. Um, It was down the road from where my grandparents lived. My parents were not campers growing up. So when I said, I want to go to camp, my mom was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. And um, (laughs) she, I think for her, like the proximity to my grandparents was like a security blanket. So yeah. I went and that was it. Like I was there for 10 years. I never, I never wanted to leave. After a couple of years, she kind of was like, maybe we'll try this. Maybe we'll go here. Maybe we'll do that. And she kind of like, maybe got, I, I'm assuming now that she like kind of got an education on the whole camp thing, but I wouldn't have it. I was like, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> and I stayed there forever. I stayed there and I, I, um, I was a camper and then I worked there for three years. I was there for like a decade. All right. Well, then the, the YMCA systems, you know, losses, certainly private camping's gain. So, you know, <laughs> we, we, we got one. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. And then in the process, so you work with Ginger and Claire. And for those that don't know, Ginger's a little bit of a relation for me in the camping world. Uh, my wife, Kate and Ginger worked very closely together at Camp Danby and with Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three of them worked at Danby and then we've all kind of gone off to, to run our own camps. And, and here it is, the trees branching again, where yeah. you're going off to run your own camp. So explain to everybody a little bit about Kippewa Point. And I'd love to know, like, why did this start? How, how did this mm-hmm. get going? Yeah, it's a good question. So Camp Kippewa in Monmouth, Maine has been around since the 1950s. It's a traditional girls camp. Um, We run two, three and a half week sessions, beginning, middle and end. Several years ago, before the pandemic, the piece of property directly adjacent to Kippewa became available for purchase. And this is really Ginger and Steve's brainchild. Over the years, they have... um, you know, developed a program at Kippewa that is is full and is thriving and noticed a trend from families that they were asking for even shorter sessions than three and a half weeks. Um, So when the property became available, they kind of put their heads together and thought like, how can we do this? Do we want to expand Kippewa, just make it bigger? And the thought behind it was not really like we want it to stay the size that it is. It's a it's a medium to small size camp by design. It's mm-hmm. 215 kids 
Um, and they didn't want it to get bigger. They wanted it to keep that quaint feel. So the idea was to kind of replicate a similar, you know, warm, nurturing, down-to-earth, classic camp experience mm-hmm. um, for girls, but offer it in a shorter amount of time. One of the things that's important to us at Kippawa in general is that the kids arrive together, they experience camp together, and they depart together. Yep. So that's how Kippawa Point kind of came to be. It was like, we are going to have this additional facility, and it's going to cater to families that want a two-week camp experience. Awesome. And in that process, how long did that, how long ago was that? It was a long time ago. It was before <laughs> the pandemic. Okay. So 2018, yeah. 2019, start. Yeah. 2018, this. 2019. Um, there was obviously a pandemic. So that yep. was a different you know, financial time for everybody. Yep. But there was a considerable amount of red tape that we went through. And honestly, I wasn't even involved at that point. They really t- bore the brunt of that. But with the town um, mm-hmm. and zoning and what people were, you know, willing to let us develop and build. And there was like a lot of um, zoning board commission and engineers and environmental studies and all of those things that go into developing an undeveloped piece of land. It wasn't like it was purchased and plans were drawn up the next day. It was a, you know, definitely a a battle. Was that eye-opening to you? Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely is eye-opening. And I also think that it, what was, I kind of, like I said, I kind of came in at the tail end, but the small town politics in Maine mm-hmm. is um, is different than what, you know, than anything I'd ever experienced before. So yeah. it was an interesting, it was interesting to see how, you know, like our lens from running a business mm-hmm. was kind of fitting into our neighbors who like just kind of want to enjoy the lake, right? So the, the two marrying the two is not always so easy. And we have a great relationship with our neighbors, but it's mm-hmm. um, I don't know that they exactly understand what we do, right? So right. to explain, like we're there, we've been there forever, but yep. I don't under, I don't think they quite understand what it is that we do. So that whole kind of edification process was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting interplay that, that camps have probably had forever. You know, we, we only know the industry since we've been in it, you know, me for the early 2000s and you, well, you've been in the industry just as long as I have, just in different roles. Everyone, we think, well, this is just it. But yet yeah. the, the people that live around, you know, the camp communities, the community that lives around these camps, exactly. they might be, have been there for 60, 70, 80, 900 years. But yet they still don't really know what goes on behind, you know, those gates exactly. or behind the trees or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and building that connection, it can be a challenge sometimes. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. So what's been in the process of building a brand new camp surprisingly easy and what's been surprisingly challenging? Um, I would say like in the in a like a mostly post pandemic world, we it was really challenging to find like a builder construction crew, yeah. right? Because there's so much building and the economy, particularly 18 months ago when this all started was really people had stopped building and stopped working. And then they came back with a vengeance. Finding somebody to do this work was really challenging. So we were always really confident in the marketing and the sales side of camp, mm-hmm. but the the actual building of the facility has been a challenge, certainly. Yeah. So speaking of which, just so everybody gets a scope, how many buildings are you putting up right now? Um, For this summer, for 2023, we are putting up seven buildings. Okay. Seven buildings. It's a little bit deceiving because they're 
three of the buildings are are bunks, but they're double bunks. So they're oh. like six bunks, but three cabins. Three is cabins kind of yeah. So it's seven buildings, but it'll be six bunks, a couple of program buildings and some staff housing. Um, we did some staff housing last year, like going into last summer, we did some staff housing. So seven buildings, but also um, two tennis courts, a basketball court, a recreation field, a new waterfront. So there's so, <laughs> seven buildings doesn't sound like so much. Right. But, it doesn't sound like a lot. Then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then septic plant or septic. You know, right. So the well. the property was completely undeveloped. There was a very very old, mostly overgrown logging road that went through the property. But besides that, it was completely undeveloped. So septic and underground utilities, electric, and all of that stuff has gone into the ground now roads we you know we had to clear trees and and build roads and things like that some of my friends that were outside outside the industry when I would go to visit camp they're like send me pictures and I'm like of what the trees like (laughs) there's nothing to send you pictures of so now there's plenty to send pictures of Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So that, so finding the builder was a challenge. And, and of course, the scope of building this out. And I imagine you all have a multi year plan where you're going to continue to add these double cabins exactly. and more facilities as, as you need to and you grow. That's What's right. surprisingly easy, if anything? Yeah. I think that uh, the momentum to like getting kids, kids and families on board has been, I wouldn't say that's easy, but I would say that that momentum and picked up rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finding that the the quote unquote product that we're selling is very appealing to people. So mm-hmm. I think that the way that we're doing it, the 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 true like complete experience in the two weeks mm-hmm. um, without the coming and going, I find that that's really appealing to parents. So that is, that's been really easy to kind of convey to people. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when you think about building this, I mean, obviously we talk about the f- physical structure, you know, yeah, which yeah. is enormous in terms of the challenge and building that. You yeah. also have to build a culture. Everything. You know, so from a culture standpoint, what are you pulling from in order to create this culture yeah. from scratch? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I had like a Zoom with my my team early on, maybe, you know, almost a year ago at this point. And we kind of talked about what did, what's the vision for this. And ultimately, I want to deliver kids a classic camp experience that fosters growth and connection. Mm-hmm. And we kind of point to that for everything. Like when we're talking about the programming, does that align with that classic camp experience? that fosters growth. I want them to leave with friends. So we're really using that as like a map for everything. Mm-hmm. Are we going to offer like when we're planning out our trips or are we going to go to the movies? No, we're not going to the movies. Why? I mean, I say that now, if it rains five days yeah, in a row, we're going to the movies. But, um, why? Because to me, that's like, it's not fostering connection between right. the kids, between the kids, none of that. And it's not, it's not super traditional, right? Like it's not traditional, I think has like a weird connotation these days, but it's not classic. Right. So those are kind of, it's it's really, it's kind of like a, like a compass. Like that's the kind of barometer that we are like looking at and being like, does it, does it further us in that pursuit? Mm-hmm. If it's yes, it goes on. If it's no, it goes on, you know, goes away. And that I found that to be really helpful. Yeah, um, having what that one guiding star that everybody mm-hmm. is, you know, going towards, and and as long as you, we as as leaders of a camp can communicate that in a way exactly. that make them want to to pull behind that star, you know, that exactly. that's a, a huge piece. 
I think also, you know, I've been fortunate to work, like I worked full-time at Kippewa. I worked full-time at Cobbesey and I worked full-time at Danby. So I have like all of these really wonderful cultures and things to pull from and things that I love that want to do like either replicate, you know, one of the um, keynote speakers at this year's Tri-State, Charles Duhigg said like, be each other's innovation brokers. Yeah. This is, we're not starting from like building a camp from scratch, but camping's not from scratch, right? Like you're borrowing things all the time. So I feel really fortunate to be able to borrow things from all of those cultures and to kind of create, create something that is like a little bit of a mishmash of everything. Come on, Jay and Mark are not that smart at doing <laughs> I, I take that back. They're actually yeah. they're fantastic. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, I think one new- of the other things is that um, our affiliate, like, you know, we're part of the Kippewa family. So the 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 idea here all, all along, and I think why we've already seen so much success is, A, Ginger, Steve, and I are really aligned on everything. It's yep. It's been very easy. People ask me all the time, like, how's it being back? And I'm like, it's great. It's been so wonderful. So we kind of describe the two camps as like sisters or cousins, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think back, like when I think about my cousins, we have a lot of the same family memories and a lot of the same family traditions, but they're not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we want our experience for the girls to feel like. Like they're a, they go to Kippewa, but they have different kind of slightly different experiences based on which camp they're at. And I think that for us is also another like guiding principle. Kippewa is known to be this very warm and nurturing and like just really... Mm-hmm. It's like, it just feels, it feels easy to be yourself there. We want to do the same thing at Kippewa Point. Yeah. And you got to have a big hand in actually developing that along with, you know, with Ginger and and Steve throughout the whole process. So it's going to be an easy step for you. What, I I guess, what stamp, what, what difference do you think that you'll, you'll make? I mean, because we have the ability to look back across all of our different experiences and say, that was awesome. And that I'd like to change that. I think that, I think that like the kids that are, that are attending Kippewa Point are, are going to benefit from just that, like just all the experiences that I've had, they've mm-hmm. been really different, right? Like I, I am very fortunate to have run a boys camp with mm-hmm. Josh, with Josh Holland, like that, you know, that's really different. A lot of yeah. times people that are, um, that are running a single gender camp have never had the experience of the opposite single gender. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really, that impacts me in a way, you know, there's just so many different things that I've been for enough to experience along the way that like I just can't take away from like who I'm going to be as the camp director right. this summer like they're just kind of part of me now Gosh, I can't imagine a much wiser group I mean Josh <laughs> is not that old but he's one of the wisest people he's older than me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's younger than me I think okay. um, we're, we're both kind of gray hairs now though um and I mean and Ginger and Steve are both just wise thoughtful people Mark and Jay are fantastic so you've, yeah. you've had it you've cut your teeth with yeah. great people <laughs> definitely I feel really lucky so speaking of people who were some of the first people you went after to try to to bring onto your team mm. to open a brand new camp a good question. So I have two people that have worked with us year round this year in a part-time capacity. Um, one is my assistant director. His name is Clayton Dodson. He has a PhD in, in education and is a professor full-time. And he and I worked together at Cobbesey. We were kind of like a two-headed monster at Cobbesey. Yep. Um, and I always knew that like when this came to pass, like he would be one of my first calls. <laughs> we are extraordinarily different, but work together really well. And he loves the stuff that I don't love so much. Not that I don't love it, but like, I I love color war. Tell me what to show up in, but I don't need to like plan out who's going to be the one that's 
we're going to do egg and spoon race. And then we're going to do this. Right. He loves that. So he, that's it. And he tells me, show up here, be wearing pink and don't forget your water bottle. And I'm happy to do yeah. that. So yep. he is, you know, he loves the stuff that I'd rather not spend time doing. And I love the stuff that he'd rather not spend time doing. So we're a really good pair in that way. Okay. Um, and um, Piper Heyman is my head counselor. She and I worked together at Danby for five years. Nice. Um, so, you know, she came to Danby in, I guess, 2018 as um, a camp mom and just kind of proved herself to be one of the most patient people on the planet. Um, she loves hanging out with the little ones. And you know, when little kids at camp are like, they want to show you their fairy house and explain to you why every single twig is where it is. Yep. Piper's like right in there and she <laughs> wants to hear all about it. So um, those two are, you know, kind of part of this beginning team with, mm -hmm. with, with Ginger and Steve and the rest of the crew at Kippewa have, have kind of come on board and we're, we'll run camp together. I think for me, it's, uh, I, what's really comforting is that we've worked together before. And we know like what that experience is like. So yeah. it's going to be different. This trio, right? The, I have these two individual relationships. They've obviously gotten to know each other in the last year, but they didn't know each other before. They don't have a shared camp experience. They went, they're from different camps, mm -hmm. but they, the, like the connections that I have with them individually, like helps me sleep at night. Cause you yeah. know what, you're gonna, you know what you're getting. Sure. Well, and they also, again, coming from great camps. Exactly. Now, the other piece of it is you, you're going to staff this camp. And, you know, we talked a little bit yeah. before you actually have been to Europe, and, and I'm sure you're getting staff members from all of the U.S. But, you know, how do you sell the idea of summer camp to these young you know, people that are going to be helping you run the place? And it's not, it doesn't even exist. They can't see any pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where the affiliation with Kippawa really helps because we're hiring um, it's cer certainly uncertain when we hire for Kippawa, we have th actually three different programs. So we're kind of relying on that as like, yep. this is an entity that when I talk to staff and to parents, I say we're brand new and not at all. So it's a really interesting place to be in, right. To say like, this is all brand new. We're developing this subculture from the ground up, but yep. we have this, like this, this home already that we're kind of continuing to develop. So it's a, it's a much easier sell than like, Hey, give, you know, take a chance on this. We'll see how it goes. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that actually makes a, a huge difference. So through this process, and I'm, I'm so excited to hear about how the summer goes for you as, as you, yeah. you know, you've already broken ground, but as literally the kids finally flood out, I can't imagine yeah. what that's going to feel like for you. It's <laughs> crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what would you tell somebody looking back over your experience the last couple of years? What would you, what kind of advice would you give to people that want to start their own camp? I think I would say, uh, it, this is really, it, it's going to sound overly simple, but it's like, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. You're going to know, you know, it can be, it can seem overwhelming and you, there's a lot of decisions to make, but when a decision ends up in front of you, you actually already know how you want to just like what your decision is going to be about it. You want to know, you already know how like the direction that you want to go and you have to trust yourself for it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, and and I want to kind of go back, you know, past this prologue a little bit, but to our, our conversation and the, the panel that yeah, we had. That, that was a great up, group of people. Oh, oh my gosh. So much, so much yeah. fun. What did you take from that? So as the, like, I basically was the junior member in that group. Like I, everybody is further along and they're like starting a camp from scratch journey than me. Mm -hmm. I left being like, Okay, 
like th- this is going to be okay. You know, <laughs> Josh and Kate from Somerset told me that like the painters were pulling out of camp as the buses were pulling in. I was like, okay, that's probably going to happen in some shape or form. And look at them six years later, they're right. turning kids away because they're full. So yep. it's a, it's a comforting thing, certainly, because when you feel like, oh my God, how, how is this going to happen? How are we going to pull this off? Mm-hmm. I think that happens in camp all the time, right? Like nobody ever feels ready for the buses to roll. <laughs> in. Nobody ever feels like their, their staff's ready to go or that the the kitchen's like, okay, let's do this. So I just think for me, it was very comforting. Um, and I think, you know, I was fortunate to have like relationships with all the people that were on that that panel to begin with. I think that connecting under the 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 umbrella of like, hey, we've done this from scratch and we're doing this to get that's like another little cohort sure. that has has definitely already, you know, I'm looking for a flagpole. I need to buy a flagpole. Right. Have you ever bought a flagpole? So I sent an email and I have to tell you this group, of, I got six recommendations for a flagpole within eight minutes. So it's a nice little, um, I, I feel like I've walked away with an even like tighter group of people that have had this experience, which is amazing. Don't you just wish the camp industry shared a little bit more? I mean, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's so funny, right? People, people that are outside the industry are like, wait a second. I thought you guys were competitors. I'm like, it's it just doesn't work that way yeah yeah i think more than any other industry i know of this one has really kind of come up with the idea or taking the idea of you know a rising tide lifts all boats and when you get down to it we all want what's best for kids so if you don't come to my camp i want you to come to the camp down the road that i know really well or the camp over here how else can i help you find a great experience for your child exactly you know, and then hopefully they come back as a staff member later on to you because you were so nice but (laughs) um Awesome. Well, yeah. Jackie, thank you so much. I know you've still got a lot to do yeah. in order to, to yeah. get ready for camp and, and know it's going to be ready. And like you said, look, the doors are going to open. The kids are going to show up. Yeah. And when you get down to it, it's really it's all about the people, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. We'll go out right. and find those people. Thank uh, you so Jackie, much, Cole. Yeah, thank you for doing this. And thank you for all your work on Tri-State. That has been oh, absolutely my pleasure. Amazing. My pleasure. Um, and good luck this summer. Thanks so much. Well, if you're a camp nerd like I am, I'm guessing you found that really interesting. Actually, if you're building anything from scratch, I imagine you did. Starting something that has a unique purpose and use is really interesting. All the different aspects of the property development, the culture creation, even the little pieces like where should we put campfire in the flagpole? These are situations that very few people get to enjoy plowing through. And like everything Jackie does, I know it's going to be a great success. I can't wait to check in with her this fall to see how it goes. Thanks for taking the time for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a five-star review on whatever service you're using. The better the reviews, the more these ideas will spread. And please share it with a friend. Our campfire circle is big enough for everyone. Until we speak again, do good and be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. SCOPE campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. 
You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.